As a listener to Intelligent Medicine, you know that fish oil provides the vital omega-3s, EPA, and DHA that support your cardiovascular, brain, nerve, vision, immune system, joint, and skin health, as well as your inflammatory balance. My preferred fish oil brand is Vital Nutrients, offering a line of 11 ultra-pure omega-3 solutions, including soft gels, liquid, and enteric-coated options in a variety of potencies. Vital Nutrients even offers a high-performance and nutrient-dense vegan omega supplement option. Vital Nutrients' line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions are held to the most rigorous quality standards in the industry, ensuring maximum freshness, purity, and potency. I use Vital Nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients. For more information and to order, call 888-328-9992. That's 888-328-9992. Or go to vitalnutrients.co. That's vitalnutrients.co for the Vital Nutrients line of Ultra Pure Omega-3 Solutions. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to field your questions. Your questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com. And we have a fair number of questions today, although we encourage you to send questions because it's likely that uh, at the rate we're getting questions, you will have your question answered next week's Q&A with Layla. Yep. If not next week, shortly thereafter. So uh, many people express interest in Q&A with Layla because it's kind of a smorgasbord. It's an opportunity to hear about a lot of different conditions. Mm -hmm. We don't focus on just one as we do in some of our podcasts. Uh, You never know what's going to come up on Q&A with Layla. And with us today is Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence. She is the co-host of our weekly Q&A with Layla. How are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman. How are you? Good. Uh, spring is slowly approaching here yeah. in New York, although it still remains kind of chilly. Yes. Uh, I haven't yet put away the sweaters. <laughs> good thing. Good thing, because uh, we need you know some uh, transition season clothing here, because the temperatures have been hovering in the 50s. Yeah. Here in the Northeast, some of you uh, who listen to us in California or in uh, Florida or in Arizona may be laughing, uh, but um, yeah. we'll get the last laugh when you're uh, in excruciating heat this summer and we're comfortable in reasonable temperate climes. Yeah. So uh, before we get to questions, as we usually do, let me comment <coughs> on uh, an article of interest hmm. that crossed my desk today. Uh, it's from the Lancet, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, it's an article recently. I'm sorry, it's in the journal Heart. Okay, and it answers a question that has uh, concerned us, because the question is, can calcium be bad for the heart and the blood vessels? Mm-hmm. And you know, I think. Uh, you're old enough to recall the days in which osteoporosis used to be treated with Tums. Yeah. And we would say, you know, take three Tums a day, each was 500 milligrams, so you get 1,500 milligrams of elemental calcium. Yes. The least absorbable form, calcium carbonate, but mm. uh, that was thought to be the way we treated osteoporosis in the 1980s. Yeah. And uh, 40 years hence, 
we're beginning to learn more about the benefits and also some of the limitations of calcium. Uh, first of all, the calcium isn't in and of itself particularly good for osteoporosis. Right. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, we don't make the house stronger by adding more shingles. Yes, that's a good way. And just because calcium is the most abundant mineral in bones doesn't mean that's what's missing. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes on a comprehensive metabolic panel, even a basic metabolic panel, where you see the various electrolytes, potassium, calcium, sodium, uh, magnesium. Well, you don't really see magnesium on that. Not usually. Yeah, calcium is generally in within normal ranges. Right. The body the regulates calcium. Yeah. And yeah. it also is sensitive to your intake of calcium. So when you there's less calcium in the diet, it upregulates your absorption. Mm -hmm. And when there's a lot of calcium, it downregulates absorption. Yeah. Although you can overwhelm those mechanisms and kind of over, uh, over supplement with calcium. Yeah. And the result can be calcium accumulation, such mm. as kidney stones. Yes. Uh, so this is a concerning story in the journal Heart, and it's, it's just out. And uh, it's the first time I've read it, so I'm going to try and give it, do it justice. But the headline is, Calcium Supplements Linked to Earlier Death in Older People with Heart Valve Disease. Mm. Now, let's qualify that, because it doesn't mean that in everyone... It just means in older people who already have pre-existing heart valve disease. Yeah. And we know that uh, calcifications form in the hearts of many people past a certain age. Mm -hmm. And that results in what is called uh, stenosis, mm -hmm. which is a narrowing of the valves, which yeah. sometimes requires valve replacement mm -hmm. uh, or sometimes uh, valvuloplasty, which is basically... Uh, kind of rotorootering a valve. Uh, it's done non-invasively. You can sort of run a, a catheter into the body and you can actually wow. uh, improve the caliber mm. of a valve. Uh, although valve replacement is common in these people. Okay. Um, calcium supplements linked to early, earlier death in older people with heart, disease, heart valve disease. And the subtitle is, they seem to worsen the condition whether, ir irrespective of whether or not combined with vitamin D. So, uh, it says here, calcium supplements frequently given to older people lessen the risk of brittle bones and fractures are linked to a heightened risk of death among those with heart valve stenosis. Wow. So, yeah, that's not good. Um, what's more, these supplements seem to worsen the condition, which is the most common form of heart valve disease in adults in the developed world. Um, blah, 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 blah. I wonder if they mention magnesium at all. Right. So that, yeah. that you're, you're right on it because uh, this is... Um, a survey of a bunch of people who were taking calcium mm. and uh, and by the way uh, it, you know this you know is also associated with other factors like having high blood pressure having diabetes um, it they say this is an observational study and therefore can't establish cause uh, it also doesn't say how much they took or what type of calcium they took nor did it speak to whether, as you point out, whether they took magnesium, which could have a balancing effect on the magnesium, on, yes. the, on the calcium. Yep. Uh, but importantly, it doesn't speak to the use of vitamin K. Oh, yes. Uh, so the suggestion is that... Uh, the proper metabolism of calcium needs D, K, magnesium. Yes. As yep. far as, and yep. probably a host of other things. Right. But those are the main guys. So the editorial uh, that I haven't read yet is... Uh, calcium, vitamin D, and aortic valve calcification to the bone or to the heart. 
Now, we sometimes speak of vitamin K as kind of the crossing guard. You know, yeah. it sends it sends the calcium to the right place and keeps it away from the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So that uh, vitamin K may be the mitigator of this. Yeah. Uh, they say that supplemental calcium uh, with vitamin D was associated with significantly higher risk of death from any cause. Ooh, any cause. Wow. wow. And a doubling in the risk of cardiovascular death. And it was associated with a 48% heightened risk of aortic valve replacement compared with those not taking supplements. Wow. Um, so, so we're, you know, now we've gotten ahead of this mm-hmm. because we generally, how much, you know, we have a lot of patients with osteoporosis and we generally recommend how much? Calcium? Supp- how much supplemental calcium? Not more than what you might find in a multi for many people, like 200 to 350 milligrams, but never more than about maybe, five to six. Maybe 400. Yeah. Maybe 600. Maybe 600. But definitely not. Not 1500. 1500. Not even 1200. Not no. even 800 anymore. No. So, no. I, you know, I think this article is going to uh, generate waves in the supplement industry and it's going to, you know, the bloom is off the, roll, the rose on calcium supplementation. Yeah. That is very aggressive. Yeah. Nonetheless, I think that calcium supplementation has a role it does. because there's some people who many people are avoiding dairy, which is the main dietary source of calcium. Yeah. And for good reason, they might have allergies, or they might, uh, you know, uh, have digestive problems with mm-hmm. dairy. You know, various reasons, and so they're not getting enough calcium through some of the other sources, which might be. It could be salmon, sardines with bones. It could be kale, broccoli. Right could be almonds, it could be uh, some fortified things which we don't want to eat because that will be more processed food. Right. You know. Um, like fortified almond milk or something. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Exactly. So, but we don't need as much calcium as once. We, as we need the cofactors. We yeah. need the cofactors to make the calcium uh, work. Yes. So, uh, you know, yes. look, I don't want to send a panic through our community here because people heed every word here and you know people are going to feel like their calcium supplements are killing them uh, you know this study needs to be evaluated it's also an observational study which might mean that people who uh take calcium are sicker to begin with you yes. know that you know merely because they feel that, that they're they were going to be prone maybe due to their high blood pressure or some other yeah underlying uh inflammatory condition or or something like that or uh, uh, yeah, other. but I think I think mm-hmm. uh, the take-home message is that people who do have uh, significant valvular calcifications, which can be detected with an echocardiogram, mm-hmm. uh, or they have high-risk cardiovascular disease, mm-hmm. that maybe they shouldn't be taking that much calcium. But I don't feel bad because it it's really not going to change what we do. Yeah, because we've already gotten ahead of this. Yes, and this yeah. is actually based on some studies uh, that were done in New Zealand. Uh, a while ago, uh, probably in the early 2000s, which suggested that uh, too much calcium wasn't good for you. But also, the, to calcium alone, even calcium with vitamin D, is not a panacea for osteoporosis. True, true. And I can't tell you how many new patients that I've had. Well, Layla, I take 1,200 milligrams or I take 1,500 milligrams a day of calcium because I have osteoporosis, and that's what my doctor told me to do. That's one of the first things I take away. Yeah. Is that. And especially. If that patient is complaining of constipation, because calcium is like well, it turns a stool into concrete. Well, right. <laughs> well, you, you should know a little bit about concrete because your your husband's making use concrete counters. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. And, soon. And, okay. 
And concrete you, countertops for our kitchen. What I tell people is, uh, <laughs> you know, ever see those pictures of those beautiful white cliffs, uh, you know, in the white cliffs of Dover? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh-huh. you know, that's calcium. Also, mm-hmm. the, they used to have a type of calcium called the dolom, called dolomite. Dolomite, yes. Dolomite. Just, isn't that still in a supplement? That yeah. Some well, dolomite is a natural mineral source of calcium, mm-hmm. but it's also the dolomite mountains in in you know uh-huh. Italy and Yugoslavia. And what about what about that other oldie but goodie coral calcium? Coral calcium, or yeah. Coral calcium, yeah. which was thought to be so great, but mm, please don't take away my coral because I really like scuba diving. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. mine the coral, please. You know what? I went on a. I remember this is. 30 years ago, I was in the Bahamas and taking a scuba diving lesson, which didn't work out. But I remember our teacher saying, don't you mess with my coral. Yeah. He said it just like that. Right. right. And you, you yeah, d- don't, don't you're not touch supposed my to coral. touch it. You're, and it's it actually, is not your souvenir. Right. And yeah. it's also, <clears throat> you have to be careful when you're a diver because inexperienced divers are like flopping around and they, they don't navigate very well. And they their fins kick the coral and they oh, hit no. the coral and they, they damage you just, it. You just you're, sent ripples through an ecosystem right. for some sea it, life. It's very delicate and you're yeah. supposed to float like a jellyfish, you know, like yeah. very calmly and don't bang the coral. Right. You know? So anyway, so don't eat the coral. You know, don't, don't eat the coral. Don't eat the, don't eat the dolomites. No. Don't eat the white cliffs of Dover. Yeah. Because uh, speaking of jellyfish, yeah. I don't know if it's a great source of protein anyway. Yeah. I was thinking Prevagen. Okay. Well, Prevagen, it's interesting. I watch, uh, sometimes I watch Jeopardy. Yeah. And it's, it's really good marketing because mm-hmm. the, you, all these people are going, oh man, I'm not getting the answers. And oh, but there's an ad for Prevagen. I think I'll take that and I'll, I'll do better watching Jeopardy. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and I was jumping in with some of the answers on, on Jeopardy. It's but I, I personally, you know, we didn't get a question about this, but I'm, I'm sort of, uh, very, uh, agnostic, if not atheistic, about Prevagen. I don't think the yeah. studies are that, uh, are, they're kind of half-baked. They're, I think on, not on, very on scant evidence, robust. they're talking about it. And also mechanistically, I don't see a plausible mechanism by which the this compound extracted from jellyfish really is going to make a big difference in brain function. I just don't see the good science yeah. behind that. Yeah. It's just a heavily marketed thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, they've also Lots been, of things that are they've been wrapped by the FTC. Oh, really? But, wow. you know, somehow they've, they've, they've fought through it and they've lived again to fight another day, maybe with more modest claims about memory. Mm. But okay. I just don't, I don't, <clears throat> I'm not partial to the stuff. All right. So with that segue took us <laughs> a little bit away from our questions. So, so yeah, uh, we've got. Oh, good yeah. point at which to pause because let's yes. allow one of our sponsors this opportunity to share a brief message with you. So before we get to questions, here goes. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods. Black garlic, black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possibly inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's my future. P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. And while supplies last, buy two bottles 
of Black for Health and get two bottles of Wild Oil of Oregano free. That's a $55 value just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are the underwriters of this radio program and they make Intelligent Medicine a free resource to you. So now, let's hear our questions. We've got a question from Pat. I'm a 67-year young woman recently diagnosed with osteoporosis. I'm in relatively good shape. I keep active along with following an anti-inflammatory diet. But I could use some guidance with regard to strengthening my bones. Steering away from pharmaceuticals, but I could use your help with alternatives. Could you elaborate on the pros and cons of AlgaeCal as well as the accompanying Strontium Boost? I heard some negative opinions on Strontium. I'd love to get your take on the pros and cons and the best approaches of moving forward. Well, the negatives, Pat, that you heard on strontium have to do with strontium ranolate, which was used in a study in Europe right. that showed some cardiac uh, outcome. And it's a, it's a, a propensity ranolate. to blood clots a little yes. bit. Yeah. But strontium citrate is the one to use if you have full-blown And we're not seeing that with strontium citrate, which is the no. supplemental form of strontium. Exactly. And it works great for osteoporosis, but I really like to yes. do it under doctor's supervision because I don't... Yes. Here's what, I explained this to a patient. She said, uh, you know, I said, uh, she, she had very good results with strontium, and then I told her yeah. to stop for a while. And she said, should I start again? I said, I said, don't. Wait a couple of years. We'll get another bone density. And if your bone density starts to decline again, you can restart it. She said, well, why shouldn't I just keep taking it? And I said, look, with a lot of things like, say, the B vitamins in your multi, or magnesium, or uh, calcium is a good example. Is you take something that's present in the diet, yeah. and you're amplifying it maybe to double or triple the amount that you would get from your diet. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, when you take strontium, there's not that much strontium present in food naturally. Yes, and you may take you know 100 to 200 times what you'd normally get in a diet. So it is actually uh, it's, quote, a nutritional supplement, yeah. but it is pharmaceutical in its effects, yes. and therefore... It's like a pharmaceutical dose, even, yeah. when it's 200 times the amount that you would the, get. So it's it's natural, because you get it from a health food store, but it's actually kind of a strong intervention. Yeah. And I just don't think people need to be on it forever, right. Uh, right. just enough to push back against osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. And it's not meant for, you don't like to prescribe it, for people with osteopenia. And let's remind anyone that osteopenia is not really a medical diagnosis. But then let's just go ahead and bring up the whole controversy now that is burgeoning about the use of bone mineral density uh, uh, for measure, measuring the strength of bone. That a DEXA scan, a bone mineral density scan, may not indeed be the best way to measure strength of bone, mm -hmm. that it may be something different. And they're, and and they're coming up with new technology to measure the exactly. structure of bone. Yeah. So, you know, merely because you uh, enhance bone density mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you're lowering your fracture risk. There are drugs like even fluoride, which will increase your bone density, but it actually makes for more brittle bone. Same thing with uh, long-term use of the uh, bisphosphonates. They can actually yes. make your bone density appear better, but you can develop more bone fragility with yeah. long-term use. That's so, what yeah, go ahead. I'm actually on the mm -hmm. page here now of mm -hmm. AlgaeCal, and at least there are some. There's a study 
that suggests that algae cal plus strontium boost uh, will increase adult bone density after six months. So that's good. It's in a, a journal that's pretty good journal, nutrition journal. Um, so anyway, uh, it doesn't speak to uh, fracture risk, which is, I like to see studies that show that not only will something increase bone density, but they actually lower over fractures. time lower the risk of hip fractures and spinal compression fractures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the uh, frequently asked questions what is algae cal? Uh, it sounds like an it's, algae source. It's an algae source, mm -hmm. and uh, it contains plant calcium, magnesium, boron, manganese, silica, selenium, copper, nickel, strontium, phosphorus, potassium, vanadium, and zinc. Blah, blah, blah. It's got a lot of stuff um, in there. Do, 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 do. So, so, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, it, it might be okay. I don't know the proportions of these things in there. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know the amount of calcium. We don't know the amount of... <clears throat> boron. What do you think of the use of vanadium in something like this? Aren't we a little bit afraid of that's uh, more like uh, the, but that's more like for diabetes. I don't yeah. know. Uh, probably not much vanadium. You know, so they say when you take algae cal plus and strontium boost together, they uh, they're the so it, it could be that algae cal doesn't increase bone density, but the strontium does because when in combination they uh, increase bone density a little bit after just six months. Yeah. So, yeah, but I don't know what the dosage is in the strontium product that they have. Um, I don't, see, I'm not a big fan of these, quote, naturally sourced minerals because it's, a mineral is a mineral. I learned that in chemistry class, whether the mineral comes from algae or whether the mineral comes from, you know, the earth or whether the mineral is yes. created, you know, refined in a, in a, you know, in a sterile laboratory. It's, a, you know, it's chemi so chemically the same. Yeah. So, you know, it, it has the appeal that it's a natural source and I don't know. Um, That's also used a lot in marketing yeah, it's, as well. Yeah. So when you have a patient on strontium, how many years, at what point do you say, okay, it's time to stop taking strontium because it's been so many years is it two is it three it depends it on what five? the bone density response is you know? okay so okay. It's, it could be somebody with profound osteoporosis you know mm -hmm. like a minus 4.2 or you know <clears throat> actually with minus 4.2 i say you probably need a drug yeah because you know, it's that's, it, that's it, pretty you're not, they're not gonna they're not gonna repair i mean i actually do have a case of a woman it's an unfortunate case and i said you really need to go on a drug please go on a drug i can't you know, I'm going to give yeah. you some supplements, but, you know, you also need to go on a drug. And unfortunately, uh, I learned later that she developed a very painful spinal compression fracture uh, oh and had not gone on medication soon enough. So, mm. uh, I mean, she might have gotten that even had she been on medication, but <clears throat> at least she would have had a fighting chance. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it. look, you know, we commented earlier, it's a little hard for us sometimes to do instantaneous product reviews. People say, well, what about this product? What about that product? You know, they walk in a health food store and say, well, I'll ask Dr. Hoffman. He knows everything. Yes. And if he doesn't know, <laughs> Layla knows. And it's like, but I, I'm not familiar with this product. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to tell you what my initial impression is. Mm -hmm. I don't use it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll use a standardized strontium, which mm -hmm. I think is many companies make. It's three, usually 300 or 320 milligrams of strontium citrate. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't like to put a patient on, of mine on that AlgaCal product without a lot of follow-up. There's a lot of other things in there that I'm a little iffy on. Okay. Like, how long do I want this person on boron? Do they have some kind of history 
of, uh, of breast cancer or anything. And, and the vanadium is still iffy mm-hmm. to me. And I think that's from even a long time ago. What impact could that have on kidneys? And how much copper is in there? And so forth and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they, you know, they screen for toxicity, but, you know, certain types of uh, at least freshwater uh, algae, blue-green algae, there's been some neurotoxicity associated with certain freshwater species of algae. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm not saying it, it's bad. And, you know, this mm-hmm. pretty big high-profile company, I don't think they're putting out anything, you know, toxic or dangerous, and they probably do some quality control and screen it for heavy metals and blah, blah, sure, blah. Sure, sure. You know, because... As any good nutraceutical should. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, big company, sophisticated marketing, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an appealing mm-hmm. website. Yeah. So, Pat says she's on an anti-inflammatory diet. I hope that means you're not taking in excess sugar, refined carbohydrates, a lot of inflammatory vegetable oils, using even artificial sugars like aspartame, you know, taking other things, other preservatives, additives, emulsifiers, all of these kind of things. That's what following right. an anti-inflammatory and, and diet. And as to diet, yeah, you know, uh, this is confirmation of something we've been saying for a long time. This is not new. Mm. But in November of uh, of 2021, an article came out, the impact of plant-based diets on female bone mineral density. Mm. And what do you think it showed? Uh, not great for it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, background, an increase in awareness of plant-based diets has brought forth numerous studies on bone mineral density. The present systematic review and meta-analysis was designed to compare the effect between plant-based diets and omnivores on female BMD. Uh, I guess plant-based diet, and according to their definition, is without animal protein. I think, I, I mean, our diets are quite plant-based. Totally. You know, but we I eat, eat more animal plants protein. than anyone I know, but yeah. I also eat meat. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so plenty of animal protein. But anyway, omnivores versus vegetarians yeah. or vegans. And what they found was... Uh, that the vegans had an increase in fracture risk. I wrote a similar article about oh, a year ago okay. doing a comparison of a vegan-type diet, a very plant-based diet, as opposed to more of an omnivore diet, which is the use of vegetables as well as animal protein. And they found that the fracture risk was higher amongst vegans and vegetarians than for and, omnivores. And why do we think that is? A lack of high biological value protein. Exactly. Listen, exactly. Because people think yeah. of bone as, you know, it's like just minerals. Yeah. It's no. Like, no, it's, it's protein. It's a living tissue. Yes. And it turns over. Right. Right. Absolutely. This way our muscle does and, and, and everything. In fact, uh, we older people need double the RDA of protein than younger people. In other words, a 65-year-old woman or man will need double the RDA of protein than a 25 or 35-year-old does. It is so. Yeah. Now, I recall when I was a, a macrobiotic vegetarian and I mm-hmm. had confirmation bias. I wanted everything to prove that the, my sure. uh, macrobiotic diet was... Sure, what you were doing was right. Yeah, so I would say, well, you know, there's evidence that uh, animal protein is acidic and acid causes an egress of calcium from the bone. It yes. leaches the minerals from your body. Mm-hmm. So you want to be on a very alkaline diet. So the best diet to be on is a vegetarian diet. That's mm-hmm. That was the dogma then. Yes. And But that has not actually been borne out. No, it's not been borne out. Let's talk about the acid-based thing. Well, but you yeah. get where you get... I'm, yeah. I think what you're about to say is that it's not meat so much that's the no. source. The, the, the source of acidity in the diet is often grains... 
and dairy products. And These are the new soda and soda phosphoric acid. Phosphoric acid. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So grains, dairy products, they're they're more acid. We're we're adding more acidity to the diet. Mother Nature's got it figured out. The acid-forming foods are animal, animal protein, and all the alkalinizing foods are all the produce. Right, the vegetables which you and the should fruit. have. Absolutely. Now it, you, need, it's, you need a balance. It's of both. interesting. There are some people on you know recently Twitter made made all kinds of headlines because Musk bought it. But oh, yeah. on Twitter, there's all these diet wars. Like you know, just like the, the political wars between the left and the right, there are like wars between the vegans oh, yeah. and the carnivores, mm -hmm. and they're very nasty oh, and vociferous. Goodness. Yeah. And they're often uh, they're often uh, adorned with like pictures of like uh, carnivores, you know, like stripped down to their skivvies, you know, showing out like how ripped they are. Yeah, you know, they on, got all the muscle tone. And, and then they show what they ate for breakfast, which is like a T-bone steak with like four <laughs> eggs, you know. But there's no vegetables. Yeah. Now, and the, yeah. and I think that that's kind of an eating disorder, actually. Totally. And, yeah. But it'd be interesting to see what happens to these pure carnivores long term. Yeah. Because uh, that's a lot of excess protein right there in that breakfast. What will happen to the kidneys? Yeah. What will happen to their bones? Mm -hmm. Because they they might go acidic. They and might they, go acidic if yeah. all you're going to eat is meat. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. You're going to go acidic. Yeah. But th there are much. some there are fanatics on both sides. True. And uh, sure. you know it's it's like I think in kind of and for the fat phobic people. Fats are actually neutral, oh. not acid forming, right. not alcohol. They're neutral. Right. So, but there are also certain are anti-inflammatory, which can have a beneficial effect on bones in an anti-inflammatory diet. Absolutely. But the other things that are anti-inflammatory, the phytochemicals, the mm -hmm. polyphenols that yes. are all these wondrous things and spices and fresh mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables that actually put out the fire in the body, Absolutely. right? And yeah. a, a lot of uh, osteoporosis is due to chronic inflammation. Yes. Uh, some of the drugs like Prolia, actually in a way it's kind of an anti-inflammatory. Mm. Uh, so not like, uh, you know, That's Advil or something. That's a bisphosphonate. No, right? it's not. Prolia, it's Prolia not. is a different category. It's a uh, rankle inhibitor, you know, which is a uh, okay. inflammatory pathway. So it's a, that's the that's expensive injectable stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, oh, anyway. So yeah. that's you know, a little musing on. So okay, we're running yeah. a little uh, long on segment one here. We divide our podcast into two parts. Uh, Layla, give us a preview of what we're going to oh, tackle in part two. It's a question on antibodies from COVID vaccine versus natural antibodies. I, I love it because it's, it's a very interesting question. Is you know uh, a lot of people getting their antibodies tested. It's like, what are your antibodies? My antibodies are this, and like, oh, it's like my antibodies are. I got more your, antibodies than you. My antibodies are better than your antibodies. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking COVID, of course. Yeah. All right. Uh, when we return, uh, we'll tackle that question and more. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. Anything that comes to mind is fodder for this program. Questions and comments are welcome. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back with more of today's Intelligent Medicine podcast.